0: Be Monday, Liberty Kitties. And before we get into today's amazing conversation, if I do say so myself, I got to tell you about today's amazing sponsor, and that is toplobsta.com. That is Top Lobsta, L-O-B-S-T-A not lobster. Uh, but Top Lobster has done all of our amazing graphics. Uh, he did all of our artwork for August debate month, and he also did another snazzy little piece of art for today's episode featuring Dave Smith and Jason Stapleton. They are dueling, they're having a sword duel, and it's freaking awesome and hilarious. You can check it out, of course. We've been posting that promo work on Twitter. You can, of course, also go to lionsofliberty.com to check that out. But uh he does so many amazing designs and makes Truly the best Liberty merch you are going to find out there. I personally have the Scott Horton and the Wars t-shirt. It's a big hit at parties, my friends. There's so much merch. I guarantee, I guarantee, this is the Mark Claire guarantee. You go to TopLobster.com right now. You're going to find not just one. You're going to find a bunch of different stuff that you're going to want to buy. But you're going to find at least one. So go over there, get your favorite piece of merch, and... Have a little gift on us, 10% off your order by using discount code ROAR at checkout. Support our sponsor, support us, and get some awesome gear all at once. What more can you ask for, friends? Enjoy the show. We need to empower people with not just the most possible tools, but the Free from the system.
1: Welcome to the Flagship Lions of Liberty Podcast, your weekly
2: dose of education, inspiration, and real-world application from the top minds of the liberty
0: movement. If you want liberty, we need to be better leaders, better husbands, better fathers, better friends, better businessmen. We need to be better people.
1: Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty. Mark.
0: Claire. And live. All right, kitty cats, I am here for a very special edition, a Friday night edition of Lions of Liberty Friday night, at least for the live watchers. Those of you that are not cheapos who can at least toss a five toss us five bucks a month. The rest of you watching this after the fact on Monday. But I'm very excited to have a couple of guys here that I've known for quite some time. Um, I know what a lot of you are thinking. You're seeing Dave. You're seeing another guy here. Jason, you're seeing me. You're thinking, Oh my god, it's another debate, but that's not how we're really framing this thing today. It's a happy hour. It's a Friday night happy hour with a couple of guys that I've known for quite a long time now. Uh, first up, he is the host of Wealth, Power, and Influence, Jason Stapleton. Jason, are you ready to roar?
1: I am very much so. Roar! All right.
0: And what are you drinking, Jason? I'm drinking a today, uh, by the way. I, I,
1: normally saying. I'd be drinking bourbon, but tonight I got the, this is the Jameson Black Barrel. So, ooh, all right. ooh that's what nice I it tonight. Yeah, I like it's, the it's I really Black like barrel. it.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Smooth. and we also have another podcast host he is the host well he's the host of a couple podcasts legion of skanks of course and for the politically inclined part of the problem he is dave smith dave are you ready to roar
2: raw raw motherfuckers yes B- right. bullet bourbon for me tonight
0: excellent so now i'm the That's pussy i thought i had a really strong manly beer here i think it's like a 7.8 percent or something like that um but yeah you guys have me beat you guys are going hard so you win <laughs> Um, but let's just get into things now. And, um, like I said, I just wanted to bring you guys together because I've known you guys for a long time. We actually kind of go back probably till I would say like the 2015 or so. I I know it was pre all the Trump stuff when I first connected with both of you guys. Um, some would say, I'm not saying it. Some would say maybe I paved the way for you guys in some way, (laughs) shape or form. Without a doubt, Mark, without a doubt. (laughs) I do. Getting on.
2: I do remember listening to lines of Liberty, like real early in my, uh, libertarian journey. I don't know I think when you it said was, you, but it you was heard growing. us like
0: on the Daily Paul days, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where I first found you guys was on the day. I used to go on the DailyPaul.com all the time. It was a great website for that time in Liberty. Like they'd always have whatever the latest video of what was going on and, and all this stuff. And I'm finding uh, guys like Niall Farage when he was first just totally laughed at as this guy who's like, I think, uh, you know, the United Kingdom should have independence it was it was as ridiculous as like you know you know and the fed or something like that like that's actually going to happen and then it just it all took off but yeah you guys were on there that's right
0: indeed and then you saw us on there and you clicked on a podcast and you said well, I can do this. I'm way funnier than these like, guys.
2: <laughs> I mean, jeez, is this what passes? This is being published
0: all right. in public, this, and all people right, listen well, to this.
2: <laughs> I like
0: to think that I inspired people to put out way better podcasts.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, but here we are today, and I and I connected with. Uh, I, I think I invited Dave on the show back in maybe 2015 or so. We connected. Um, same thing with Jason. I think we connected maybe through like Podcasters Paradise when you were just starting your podcast. I, I had you on. Uh, we advertised on you with you guys. You advertised with us. It's kind of a lot of intermingling of the audiences going on. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners here today, uh, a lot of people that have listened to this show for years are absolutely familiar with you guys. Um, and then I would say, what was it, Jason, when you, when you, kind of split off I guess you might say from the uh, that was like right the p- politics uh, probably to that
1: late 2017 2018 is when I kind of I kind of made that I, I kind of blew up um and I, I don't mean that in the good way I mean kind of like I decided to shift <laughs> like you blew that shit shift up. the show and and I kind of blew blew it up um and, and so yeah then I kind of went a different direction
0: cool well we'll we'll dive into all this stuff because you guys have taken sort of different strategies different messaging tactics over the last couple years i want to chat about that stuff but because of what today is or what this weekend is uh, i wanted to start off with some some light casual chatter uh about 9-11 i'm just kind of curious i don't think i've talked to either of you guys about this uh i'm just kind of curious what your 9-11 stories are like where you were um what you were feeling the whole deal so jason you're on my left so I'll, i'll have you start
1: okay I was, I was in Japan at the time I was uh, in the military and I, I, my buddy woke me up. It was the middle of the night and he said, somebody hit, somebody hit one of the towers. And I said, yeah, great. Fuck off. I'm tired. And I, I saw a figure, you know, I just thought, I thought like everybody else thought it was just a, some random idiot drove into the side of the plane. And then he, he came back a few minutes later. He said, Hey, somebody hit the other tower. And I said, Oh, I better get up. And so I started watching the news. You started to realize what was happening. And then about. Uh, maybe maybe four or five in the morning. I can't remember what it was. I got a phone call from uh, from my boss who said, "Be down at be down at work, if for lack of a better term, at at eight o'clock." And I knew what was going to happen then, because at the time I was part of a special operations team and we were going to get what's called an OPSEC brief, operational security brief. And after that, I wouldn't be able to talk to anybody about anything. I didn't know when I'd be able to phone home again. And so I was like trying to get a hold of my mom, who was actually out of the country at the time. I was, weirdly enough, dating this girl back in the States. And so I managed to get a hold of her and explain what had happened. And, uh, and then we went down there and they kind of told us what was happening and they said, they're going to ship us out. And I don't think I got, I don't think I talked to anybody until uh, probably a month or two after that was when I finally got to get on the phone and just call my mom. We were on ship, uh, in, in Indonesia and I just called her and said, you know, I'm okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's all I could tell her. So that's kind of my story. Mine was a mixture of, as weird as it sounds now, excitement and nervousness because you know it's like you, it's like you've been tr- you practicing football, you know, for four years and you never actually played a game. You just pretended. It's just scrimmages, and now all of a sudden somebody, somebody says, "Hey, you get it's the Super Bowl now. You get to go play." So there was a there was a bit of that in, in, in anticipation. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the short story.
0: And Dave, what um what special operations unit were you with at the time?
2: So, I was in the SEALs. We were guarding uh, Jason's team in Japan, just making <laughs> sure they did everything right, didn't mess anything up. You know, I was a, I was a senior in high school uh and in Brooklyn, wow, you're New York. In uh you're younger in, than me,
0: man. What?
2: I'm um, I'm 38, so I was 18 on uh 41 on 9/11, over 20 years ago. Right. Isn't that nuts? Dude, by the way, I was at a pharmacy the other day picking up a prescription for my wife and the the kid in front of me Uh, that, you know, they, they just asked his birthday and he said it loud and he, he goes, uh, it was, I just thought it was like a man, you know, the man in front of me and his birthday was 2000. And I was like, that guy can, that guy can drink. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I have never felt so old that someone born in the year 2000 can, I could meet him at the bar later. Anyway. Uh, so I was, a I was a senior in high school in, uh, Park Slope, Brooklyn, (laughs) excuse me. And So we, you know, the habit, same thing, like everyone, right? Like at first it was like, oh, one up some plane hit into the towers and I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then when the second plane hit, it was like, oh, shit, we're under attack and all this. And one of the, like a group of my friends, one, like maybe like five of us, we, uh, we got one of the girls who had good handwriting to forge a letter saying that our parents gave us permission to leave school and they just I thought you were gonna there say, was so a going to say letter chaos. to say
0: our parents died in the towers like, wow, so, so, for a hard.
2: letter to say we are responsible for the uh, attack today and <laughs> give us our demands um but so we left and we went to my uh house I, my mother's house wasn't mine but uh we went to we went back to my place and like turned on the news but i so i i remember walking this was like maybe like you know uh, it was like a couple hours later that we finally got out. And I I went to go pick up my little brother from his school. And I li- where I lived was right on Flatbush Avenue, which if you're familiar with Brooklyn, New York, goes straight down to like the Manhattan and the Brooklyn Bridge. And all the trains were out and everything. So at this point, people had just started walking back. It's not that far. It's only a few miles. And you would look down and you see people in suits and ties covered in head to toe in, in soot. And it was really kind of surreal. And it was this crazy thing where like, I'd walk down the street in Brooklyn going to pick my brother up from his school and people you kind of know, but, it, but in New York, you don't really stop and talk to people because there's too many people, but they'd all be stopping and like asking, hey, is everything okay? Is your family okay? And this and that. And yeah, it was a wild, a really, really wild thing. I remember being a kid and it was almost like we were shocked out of the nineties in that mm-hmm. one moment like this whole thing about like, we're invincible and the era of peace and prosperity. And in a way in, in, in the nineties, I felt like kids grew up, like, you know, everything's already been invented. Everything's already happened. I mean, even though there was no such thing as Google or, or, you know, any of the, you know, but it was like, well, I I don't know, had my grandfather grow up without a TV and VCR, those crazy old timers. Uh, And, and all of a sudden you realized you were in history. You weren't, post-history, you were in the middle of, of a real historical thing and oh shit, we're at war and this just happened and they hit us. And, and then of course, you know, uh, as I'm sure all three of us would agree, it really, it led us on this trajectory to where America is today and, and everything just going wrong after that. And,
0: uh, it's, yeah, but I, I remember that, that day very well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know you guys didn't necessarily get into like the libertarian stuff until later, but for me, believe it or not, I was actually already familiar with Ron Paul at that time. Cause a friend of mine, how he is a part of the show was a congressional page and met Ron Paul like when in high school. So he was actually telling me about Ron Paul all the time. So the ideas were in my head, but I didn't really think about politics in any kind of grand scope, but that, that day, I mean, I, I was, you know, I was in college at Penn state, so I woke up drunk or something and someone just like messaged me in uh, AOL instant messenger, I believe and just said like hey uh, turn on the tv i was like what why okay whatever what channel and they're like any channel i was like that's weird <laughs> and then that's when i saw like you know the smoke and then i watched that second second plane hit and that tower go down live and that that really shook me like it it took me out of like kind of reading about politics sometimes and thinking about it in sort of just a a fun way as like a hobby not as something that actually mattered at all to like holy shit something what is this how does this even happen and it really is what led me down the path to really becoming like a hardcore Ron Paul, libertarian, eventually, because it really, I started reading all his commentary on what was going on, on the causes of it. And I was just like full bore on everything. And ah, here I am. I've been obsessed ever since, I guess you could say. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of some things I've become obsessed with, uh, I'd say cryptocurrency and saving and investing are some of the things I have really become obsessed with in recent years, especially now that I have a family, I have a wife, I have a stepson, I got a long term future to be thinking about and of course everyone is looking to invest in cryptocurrencies but a big part of that problem especially if you're doing it through one of these exchanges is that you got to pay taxes on any of those gains well guess what that is where our friends at i trust capital come in with i trust capital you can actually trade and earn on cryptocurrencies Completely tax free. That's right. By doing so within an IRA. Uh, IRAs, Roth IRAs, are one of the best tax structures out there, one of the best deals. I've had an IRA for years, and now I know I can go to my friends at iTrust Capital to start a cryptocurrency IRA. And it's not just cryptocurrency, you can also self-trade physical gold and silver in an IRA uh, with iTrust Capital. It is really just the best deal going. You can invest in cryptocurrencies and precious metals for completely tax-free gain. Whether you hold these assets for the long term or you buy and sell with the market, iTrust Capital's IRA account provides the absolute lowest transaction costs and transparent pricing in the industry by far. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pause this podcast or maybe you can multitask. I don't know. I, I can multitask. Uh, I want you to visit itrustcapital.com to get your completely free insider's report on Bitcoin and crypto IRAs. This costs you absolutely nothing. And this report will have absolutely everything you need to know about the fees, security, 24 seven access and so much more. And I want you to use promo code lions to get your first month for free. That's promo code lions. Again, head over to itrustcapital.com, use promo code lions or head over to lionsofliberty.com. Find the show notes for today's episode, click on that link, get that free report and start investing for your your future. The today. reason I wanted to bring you guys together today is really to talk about the different strategies that you guys have been par- putting forward, um, as far as spreading the message of liberty or creating more liberty or whatever you want to frame it. I'll let you guys kind of, you know, put it in your own language. Um, Frankly, either of you can take it away. I guess we'll start with Dave, just because I think you have, um, in the in the past couple of years. I know you were pretty involved in the beginnings of the Mises, Mises Caucus. Um, that excitement I was too. Jason was too. I think we even did that that podcast together like three or four years ago uh, with Tom and Pete. And um, and um, yeah, I think that was like a time when every all the big libertarians were kind of pouring into the LP, pouring into the Mises Caucus. And then at some point there, there was a little bit of a divergence where. Dave, I think you had doubled or tripled down kind of on the Mises Caucus strategy, you might say, whereas a couple other guys kind of went different directions. I think think Jason probably went the most of a different direction with the whole thing, almost rejecting the political angle overall. So, Dave, I'll let you speak on it first. Like, what what has guided you in these past couple of years? What has made you see this Mises Caucus strategy as what you see as, like, the best way forward or at least the best way forward for you?
2: Oh, okay. Um, well, I guess that I... um i think as i've always believed um that if we want to see a future with more liberty then i think that what one of the many prerequisites for that is going to be that more people want liberty and that more people believe in the ideas of liberty and i think that talk you know uh, uh opening people's uh, minds to these ideas, which like all of us, everybody, I'm sure everybody listening to this show has that experience where they were at some point sparked and then ultimately convinced that this is the way to go, that, that, okay, we, we believe in these ideas. And then how we get there is a little bit more complicated, but that there's lots of different opinions on that. Um But I, what I saw at, out of, originally the Ron Paul, uh, uh, campaigns, which were really more, I think accurately described as a movement than a political campaign. I mean, he was using the political process, but the point which he even said himself was to, to introduce people to these ideas, to speak to the remnant, um, that I, I always thought that was great. And that was the best thing that, uh, in terms of results, that was the best thing that ever introduced a lot of new people to these ideas. And, I, at first, like when we did that show with, with all of us, I, I was, I I had just joined and I just saw that there was a group of people, uh, Michael Heiss, uh, leading the charge that wanted to do that with the libertarian party. And, but before that I had always been, I'd always dismissed third parties. I had always thought that like, well, I mean, all the rules are set up against them. That's what, that's what Ron Paul always said, you know? And it was like, so you have to run with one of the major big parties, but by 2016, I realized that more people than ever were focused on politics, whether we like that or not, that's just the reality. I'm sure we would all prefer that politics were a very small part of, of all of our lives. But the reality is that more people than ever were focused on politics and the candidates were the two most despised candidates in the history of polling. And then there's this third party that bears the name libertarian that is supposed to be out there presenting, our ideas. And I just watched Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, and it was impossible. I'm sure for for all of us, no matter, you know, what direction Jason you've gone in and what direction you've gone in, Mark, I'm sure for all of us, it's impossible to not see the counterfactual when you look at the Gary Johnson, Bill Weld campaign and think to yourself, well, what if he was really saying it the right way? <laughs> like, what would this moment have been? And, and, to even pose that question is to answer that question. It could have been an incredible moment, but it wasn't because of the the path they chose and sitting there and just you know giving all these kind of milk toast answers and ultimately Bill Weld kind of having this attitude of like, well, Hillary Clinton's just great and a good person, and we disagree around the edges, but Trump is this evil, you know whatever um and so I thought there was really something there. I thought there was really some potential there, and my my you know like uh my mission or, or whatever, I mean, has always been to be a funny comedian and then to kind of spread these ideas that I love and care about and think are important. And so I was, I thought this was a really great way to do it. And, and at this point, I think the two major parties are so corrupt and dismissed and toxic to the other side that there's a real opening to go here with the libertarian party. And at, at this point, I felt like if all of the influential members of the Liberty movement were to get on board with this, which they kind of did, that it would be pretty easy to be the dominant force in the Libertarian Party, which has kind of been coming true. And I think that uh, there's real value in spreading these ideas and that this is a great way to do it. So that's, I guess, where I'd start.
1: Dave, let me ask you a question. Do you think that politics is necessary in order to advance the message. Do you think that you need a political vehicle to bring people to the ideas?
2: Um, I don't know that I would say it's necessary or that you need it, but I would say that it is a tool that can be used for that. So I, I, I think that if you look objectively at what has brought the most people to these ideas, it's it's politics, which, by the way, I will say, there's something tragic about that. I, I wish that wasn't the case. But if you look at how most people were introduced to libertarianism, the the overwhelming thing you'll hear is the the two Ron Paul presidential campaigns in 2008 and 2012. You'll actually hear some of the Gary Johnson, some of the Harry Brown, some of the, like that. That is the 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 reality of the situation is that most Americans really think, and this is becoming less and less true, but most Americans really think about politics once every four years when there are these presidential races, and then kind of go back to their their stuff. Now, over the last 18 months, I'll, I'll grant that that's a little bit different now where politics is so ever-present. So I don't know that it's necessary. I've changed a lot of people's minds and introduced ideas through non-political means, but I think it's a great tool for doing that.
1: And, and what would you say is the MC's primary mission? Is it to win elections, or is it to simply spread a message?
2: I, I think that the in in terms of winning elections, there's probably a lot of people who who want to target local elections um, that are winnable, uh, and and I think that's great, but. If you're talking about on a statewide and certainly on a on a nationwide election, I think the goal is to introduce the, these ideas to people and to really galvanize uh you know the uh, people around a movement. I think that's what the, the, you know certainly what I'm pushing for and I think the vast majority of of the Mises caucus is interested in kind of using this as a platform to spread our ideas.
0: I remember uh, I went to the LNC in 2018 and I spent a lot of time with Michael Heiss. I went to the Mises Caucus Bash. Lions Liberty did a whole bunch of interviews there. And when I came back from that, I think it was right after I came back from that, that Jason invited me on his show. I think it was still the Jason Stapleton program at the time. Uh, And I kind of like recruited you, too, because I was so excited about it. And I sort of sold you on the idea. And I think it was pretty shortly after that where we had that sort of summit podcast uh, of all of us. And um, so you were excited about it at one point, Jason, or at least excited enough to sort of hop on board, uh, get on that podcast, like express your interest in the Libertarian Party and pursuing, you know, seeing at least where that avenue could go. So I'm kind of curious, like when and where did that did that change for you? What exactly made you think, okay, maybe this isn't this isn't something I should be putting my time into?
1: Yeah, I I think I probably maybe be the most misquoted guy when it comes to this stuff. People kind of tend to read whatever they want to about what my opinions have been. And I, for the record, I have no objection to the spreading of ideas. I, I love that, and, and I think in terms of being able to articulate the the value set that we have, and uh, and I guess the the principled people in our in our movement, there's nobody better to do that than Dave. Absolutely not what what I object to, I object to, I object to that message needing to go through a political party or a political system. Uh, and, and I, I, the easiest way for me to explain it is, is what I really have is a very deep aversion to authoritarianism. All right. Now I imagine if you asked every single person in the Mises caucus today, every single one of them would tell you that they have that same aversion. And yet, it is ex- exemplified right now they are in the process of doing exactly that inside the, uh, the Libertarian Party. So they have decided that they are that the, the answer to the problem is for them to take control of as many local party affiliates as they can so that they can then bend the will of the Libertarian Party away from where it's pointed now and back to where they feel it should be. So that they can then gain control of the entire party and put forward candidates that then maybe can go to Washington and then seek to enforce their will on other people. Now, you can say we're going to do that for the right reasons that we're doing that and we want to give power back to the people. Uh, but you can't get around the idea that the notion that that's a that's a form of authoritarianism that I just I disagree with. Now, if if they had done something differently, the Mises caucus has said we we disagree with everything that the Libertarian Party stands for now, and we're going to start our own party. And this is what we stand for. And if you believe in us, come here and we're going to build from scratch, that would be different. But that's not what they're doing. See, what they're doing is they're using the infrastructure that's already there and that has been built. And they've got a couple of people who are, uh, they've got some people in there who are trying to turn the screws on the local affiliates, the chapters, whatever you call them, in order to take control of the party. Now, I, I don't care the reason why you do it. If that's what you're doing, I don't want those people in power. Because I don't think they'll stop there. I don't think once they have power in the LP that they're going to stop trying to ass- mess more power. I don't think that once they get to Washington, if they could possibly get there, that they won't seek to impose their will by force if necessary on others. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not saying that there's anybody inside of the MC or inside the Libertarian Party today who who it, that's their long term goal is I want to amass power so that I can punish people and I can force them to do my will. But that's what power does to people. And, and so fundamentally, because I don't believe in authoritarianism and I look at the Libertarian Party, that has nothing. To, we can talk about the how ineffective the Libertarian Party is. And, and and what a waste of time it is to even be engaged in politics at this level, especially if you care about your own liberty, uh, because as you said, uh, as you said, Dave, that uh, the, the Mises caucus is really focused on local elections. OK, well, you guys control two hundred and well, the Libertarian Party controls two hundred and twenty four seats of the roughly five hundred and twenty thousand elected offices from public uh, from uh, you know, national office to local office. That's 0.004% of all elected positions are held by libertarians. If you had a 2,000% increase in the number of seats that you held locally, you would own 1% of the market. So how long should people wait for the libertarian party to get their act together, for them to become a force that even has a chance of making an impact politically? And when I look at that, And I look at my own life. I say, I'm not willing to wait that long. Number one, I'm not willing to vest that authority in somebody else and that responsibility in somebody else. That's my responsibility to create that liberty for me. And how, what's the fastest way to do that? And for me, it's not investing time, effort, and energy in political party that at best may take another decade to 20 years to even become a force that they might have an impact. And instead to focus my time on doing the things that are going to create freedom for myself and the two things that I come up with are wealth and income mobility. And so once I took a look at that and I realized, I realized that just how futile it was to be investing my time and energy in political parties and political change. uh, I started making the decision uh, that I was going to start, I I was going to find another way and I was going to help. I was going to try and help as many people as I can uh, to find that liberty and that freedom in their own lives. And uh, you know, I guess I can leave it there, and 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 Dave, you can challenge me on that, and and, and we can kind of have a back and forth. But I, I don't know. That's I just look at the futility of it now and the timeline, and I say to myself, I, I'm not willing to wait, and and I don't see I don't see anything that the LP or the Mises Caucus can yet point to as evidence that I'm off base. Okay. Um,
2: all right, so there's a lot there. Let me try to unpack and, and kind of respond to this. So the the idea that there there's something authoritarian about trying to grab power by you know taking over or, or it, local chapters or, or state affiliates or something like that. I, I to me that would be like on the level of saying that there's something authoritarian by opening a business and trying to outcompete your competitors and take their business away from them. I mean. I, I guess yes, you're taking power away from them if you're winning over people. But if this is done on a completely voluntary basis, then I don't see anything authoritarian about that. I think that's just what's out competing other people and and beating them in the marketplace of ideas. So I, I would kind of object to that framing. Um, and and uh, it, 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 as far as you know. Um, the idea that because they're so power, so it, it's kind of like you started there and then went, because they're so power hungry with this, I don't trust them when they get more and more power. Again, I thought wealth, power, and influence was your thing. We're trying to get power here. Right. But in the noble sense of the word, uh, so I, I don't know if I, I don't like the starting point there and the, and the
1: framing, but well, I, think- I- I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Just let me let me clarify. I, I the the example that you gave is is inaccurate because what you're saying is there I have no issue with competition. I have no issue with say the Mises caucus decided they wanted to start their own party and compete but, and try and bring libertarians over. What you're the the the, the correct the, the correct association would be if I had a company and a small group of people decided to do a hostile takeover of the board. And then decided that they were going to push me out uh, they, that 51 percent of the vote now could control 49 percent of the other people. And and now we have it's, it's a it's a little different. So I see. Yeah, what but you're it's saying. Still, but even a hostile takeover is not authoritarian. Those are people who bought up percentages
2: of the company. I don't know. Don't go public. Don't sell shares of your company. I mean, that's that's that's. What, do you think a hostile uh, takeover is authoritarian?
1: not, not in this, not in the case of buying and selling shares. I'm just saying if all you're doing is coming in and trying to rout out other people out of a party that 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 you don't agree with in order to enforce your ideas on that party, I find that authoritarian. You could disagree with it if you want to. i I don't want to be a part of that. I, and, uh, no, that, so, that, well listen that's fine I'm not I'm not
2: saying you have to I I can't control what you want to be a part of or don't want to be a part of but I'm just saying in at least in the libertarian sense of the word authoritarian there's nothing authoritarian about joining a party that has open membership and trying to persuade people to go in a different direction I mean look this is as far as I'm concerned this is the party uh with that the the original platform was largely written by Murray Rothbard it's the party of Ron Paul and Harry Brown this is ours I don't think it it belongs to anybody else. And if we want to come in here and bring this energy into it, then I think that's completely legitimate. I also think by the way, hostile takeovers are completely legitimate. If somebody wants to buy up majority shares of a company and then do what they want to do with the company, I think that's absolutely that's the market at at work. But in terms of the I guess maybe what the the disconnect here is that the idea that what we're trying to do is go into Washington and use control over the federal government in order to impose our will on people, I do not think is correct. I think that what the the entire mission of the Mises caucus is about is that everything on the national level is really about introducing ideas to people. And that There is utility in using a political party in order to do that and and in the same way that Ron Paul used the Republican Party in order to do that that there's and there's so many people I mean I know mark you you're one of the kind of exceptions that found Ron Paul you know way early through your buddy in college but I mean come on dude if you if you talk to your audience how many people were introduced to these ideas by the Ron Paul presidential campaign so in the same sense we're just saying that that is a legitimate tool to use to introduce these ideas. And then in on, on, on terms of like local elections that we're trying to target, th- those are great um, ways to, you know, if you can find local, election that, local elections that you win. And whether it's through the Libertarian Party or the Republican Party or whatever, if you can get a little bit of freedom for people in their lives, I don't think that the idea of equating, um, using like, like on the local level, using political power to give people more liberty that the idea that we're equating that with authoritarianism because you're taking power. So, in other words, if you were to say, say, like, um, like in Texas, they just passed this uh, this new law where there's like no, um, uh, you know, concealed carry is legal for everybody, you don't need a gun law at all, or or somewhere where they decriminalize marijuana or, or mushrooms or whatever it is. The idea that we'd equate that as authoritarian because you took power and then gave people more freedom, I I see this almost as like some Leftist conception. Of no, 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 no. What, I just, I don't trust. Is. I
1: don't, I have no trust that that will actually happen, but I mean, even okay, if, that's fair even enough. if it did, even if it did great, what are we going to wait 20 years for that to happen? We are 20 years for 10 years for people, for the libertarian party to get their act together. I mean, it, right now they're still in fighting with each other. They're, you they're know, still yeah, well, pissing well, and moaning together. Like they always have. You, you sure, know, there's okay? lots of like infighting. We're, we're
2: infighting on this podcast right I, now. I mean, yeah, you're right. And 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 here's like the thing, right? And this is like what what I think um, has always been right at the heart of l- the libertarian message or the anarchist, uh, the ANCAP message or anything like that is that, yes, but compare to what? So you're right that pro- probably this isn't a solution tomorrow, but I don't know. Look, I think all three of us would agree that. The the authoritarianism of the United States of America and their government is a real problem, and I doubt any of us have a solution that will solve that in a day. So yes, things take time, but no, I mean what we're looking at is that we are the the Mises Caucus has basically already become the majority. Of the libertarian party. Oh, look, I have
1: no doubt that the Mises caucus and the people who run that caucus, their power, their influence and potentially their wealth all advance as the party grows. What I what I what I reject is that your average Joe libertarian who signs up to be part of the party is going to see any of that come to their door they're not going to see any wealth or power or increase in their own lives because the party can't deliver that. And it well, won't I'm be not, for potentially ever. So why, why would anybody waste time in, on politics when they could be spending their time actually creating it for themselves?
2: Well, but the promise of the Mises caucus is not that you're going to get rich off of it. I'm not claiming that anyone's going to get wealth or power off of it. The The idea of these people who are getting involved is because they care about these ideas. And I'm telling you that on the path we're going by 2020. 4 is we, is when we're going to spread these ideas to a lot more people so it you are applying your own um desired outcomes to why other people are joining this movement, but that's not why they're joining. It's not like anyone said, like, join us, you're going to make a million dollars off of this. The point is that people care about spreading these ideas. As I, as to, I know, what, Jason, what are you, my friend, okay? Jason, you yeah, cared doesn't... so much about spreading these ideas yourself. So you definitely understand why people want to do that. So that's the goal. The goal is to wake a lot of people up. And I think there's tremendous value in that.
1: What, I, I, see, I don't. I don't think okay. there's tremendous value. In that. Number one, I, I think that the people have heard the message. I think there are new people all the time. So there are constantly people who are coming in who are dissatisfied with the status quo and the two-party system that we have and who are looking for a third-party option. And what ends up happening is they come across your show or they come across Mark's show and they think, man, that th- that guy's that guy's really resonating with me. And then later on, they find the party when they decide that they want to quote-unquote do something to try and help advance the message. But the reality is is those people aren't really doing anything. Anything to create any liberty or freedom in their own lives uh they're just not because the party itself is ineffective and the mises caucus whatever gains that it has inside of the party even if they control the party the party is still impotent it still can't accomplish anything and so with that said all i'm all i say to people is you can be involved in politics if you want to spread the message or you can do what you did, what I did. You can actually start a show and you can go out and you can do it for yourself. Um, I don't care how you do it. What I'm telling you is one way is ineffective and one is effective. If you want to focus on building, controlling the source of your income, uh, making your income mobile, if you want to focus on creating, uh, of continuing to create better skills for yourself, rare and specialized skills that have value in the market, that's what's going to create the most amount of freedom for you the fastest. If you want to put your faith in somebody else like a political party, go for it. But I'm saying it's a lot like dieting. You can eat shit all day, and if you work out hard enough, you can still lose weight. One is effective and one is not. I don't think the political route is effective. And I submit to you 50 years of people putting the message out and arguably the greatest messenger that we've ever seen, Ron Paul, who no doubt spread the message, no doubt, but had absolutely zero political effect. Okay. So
2: let me just uh, respond to a a, a few of those things. Number one, I think you're starting with a false choice. And then I think your analogy about working out or dieting is another false choice. You're like, I understand you might say that one might be more important to you than the other, but you do not have to choose between these two things. It's almost like if I were saying to someone uh, like, Hey, I think you should read Murray Rothbard and you were to counter with now. I think you should just have a happy marriage. You're like, Well, yeah, I mean, I also believe in that, and I think all three of us agree with that. But it's not as if like one of those is in conflict with the other. Yes, it better. I I think they
1: are, though. I think they are, though, Dave. I I think they are in conflict. You can't read Rothbard
2: and have a. No, no, no. No,
1: no. (laughs) What I'm saying is, I'm going back. to I read all my Rothbard before I I got married. I believe. I believe that. Jason,
2: you got to tell that. your fiance that you believe no. this. It's wonderful. <laughs> Jason, other.
1: read all the Rothbard now before you yeah, she tie the knot. Reads no Rothbard. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, no, what I'm saying is, I think they are in conflict. I, I think that working in politics is counterproductive to your own liberty. I think it wastes time, your most valuable asset, on things that don't expand your own liberty and freedom. I think it is equivalent to eating shit all day and then going and trying to work out. You might as well just work out and eat healthy and skip the politics altogether. In t- in years you'll be a hundred times freer than you will be if you invest that time in politics.
0: I, I have a question for for Jason. Uh just on that note. If if spending time in politics is a waste of time and when you should be out building wealth and that thing, I, I'm just kind of curious why why you're spending time criticizing the people that are getting into politics. Like, do, do you not see that as a waste of time, or do you really think that that your influence can pull them out of that situation out of what you see as a waste of time and and to be more productive is that why you you've been focusing at least like pretty lately in the last couple of weeks so much on being critical of, of the mises caucus like well, well why, Paul, why have you gone I, on the attacks so the
1: much mises again? caucus the mises caucus has just been the guys who've been the most vocally opposed to my position that politics is a waste of time uh and so i've been i've just been pointing out the the you know the, the they, they've been talking about oh, we've got this movement going we've got momentum and i just i no, no, you don't you really don't i know it might feel That way, because you all are there together. But if you look at the numbers, you know it's kind of like the hysteria around COVID and children and vaccinations. It's like you know it's not a it's not a threat to kids. Like I don't know what numbers you're looking at, but there's no measuring stick by which you can say children are at risk for COVID. Right? Same thing's true for the media. I don't care what you're feeling right now. You're not having momentum. You're not in a movement. It's a small group of people inside an ineffective party that are starting to gain a little headway. Okay, fine. That's great. The reason that I'm such I'm such an advocate for this, and and it's not on accident, is because I happen to believe my vision of the future is that we are in a very rapidly changing economy, right? One where blockchain technology, smart contracts uh, and uh, cryptocurrencies, as well as automation and artificial intelligence is going to change the way we live, work and communicate very fast. I don't think people really understand how quickly that change is coming. We're, we're talking about, we can foresee in the next decade and an into the banking system as we know it through the issuing of smart contracts and and uh, and uh, autonomous organizations, right? This, this is something that banks are already talking about and trying to figure out what they can work with. You're talking about millions and millions and millions of people who will be out of work. No more loan officers, no more, you know, r- real estate folks that are handling negotiations. It's all handled by smart contract, right? So I believe that we have a very narrow window for people to start taking control of their own lives and creating a little bit of freedom for themselves. And I believe the best way for them to do that is to number one, constantly be working on creating on on building rare and rare and specialized skills so that they can command a high income. Secondly, is to control the source of their income through entrepreneurship and investment. All of the rules are set up to, to benefit those people at the expense of the working class man. So don't be one of those people. And last but not least, to make your income mobile so that if your if your government, if your state becomes too tyrannical, you don't you aren't left with the choice of, oh, I guess I have to either shoot the guy coming. Sorry, I guess I gotta either shoot shoot the guy coming to inoculate my kid, or I gotta let him put the needle in the arm. You can at least leave and your income can travel with you. Okay. Now I wholeheartedly believe it's not a line for me. I believe it and I believe it's coming and I believe it's going to hurt a lot of people and you can see it this week, especially how quickly totalitarianism was at your door. And I see all the people who are like, what are we supposed to do? I'm like, I don't know, dude, I don't have your problems. I don't have your problems because I spent the last 15 years ensuring that I didn't have those problems, that I did all of these things. And if I really believe those things, and I believe time is limited, and it's the most valuable resource we have, it's non-renewable, non-replenishable, then I have the moral responsibility to try and convince as many people as possible to turn away from things that will not create freedom for themselves and to focus all their time, effort, effort, and energy on the things that will and so that's why i love dave i think dave's the most principled man in this th- that i've ever met as it relates to this stuff and i don't think there's
0: most consistent motherfucker you know most
1: consistent motherfucker sure. i think there's no better person and if dave you ran for president you would have my full support a hundred percent but i think why would you waste that, your time supporting me jason I'd be, I, only because you're you could my be friend. making more money only because you're <laughs> my friend but my point the, the point doesn't change the fact that would um, you support Dave while still tweeting at the Mises Caucus? <laughs> I would, yeah, I absolutely would. No, no. <laughs> here's my point. Very contradictory. Y- y- you know, you know that I would You know that I, 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 like you. There's nothing to do with personally. I don't think you. I think you're, as I said, one of the most principled people. But I think you're wrong in choosing this as a vehicle. And I understand if I can. Let, no, I'm not going I to go there. But I, oh, I understand. No, I, well, no, I, can no understand why, I can understand why you want to do it. Like, I understand why you want to run for president. It makes sense. You eventually hit the limit of your audience. You want to grow the message. You want a bigger platform so that you can speak on in the hopes that you'll be able to reach more people. I respect and admire that. Okay. You will advance your own wealth, power, and influence by doing that. But the people who follow you into the breach, the ones who pin their hopes and dreams on you as the person who's going to carry them forward, they will not and And that's, that's why I say I think you I think what you're you're I think you're off in choosing that as your direction in your vehicle to promote okay. okay.
2: So let me respond to as much of this as I can. I think that it's an assertion to say that the people who follow me, whatever that means, will not increase their wealth, power, and influence. And I don't think that that's that's backed up by anything. And to just say that is not in itself an argument. It's just an assertion. And to look, there... I am not against increasing your wealth, power, and influence. And I go back to what I was saying before. It is a false choice to say that you can either support the Mises Caucus or increase your wealth, power, and influence. And I am living proof of that. I have literally increased my wealth, power, and influence while I've been supporting the Mises Caucus this whole time. I know lots of people who are supporting the Mises Caucus who have increased their wealth, power, and influence. I talk to them all the time when I go out to the. These events. And by the way, to to me, increasing your wealth, power, and influence is not the only goal in life. There's lots of different goals in life, and it's hard to dictate what anybody's individual goal should be. The point comes back to whether or not there is value in introducing people to these ideas and whether or not pursuing taking over the Libertarian Party is will be able to reach more people. So these are the two fundamental points that we have to drill down on here. I would say on the first one, is there value in introducing these ideas to other people? Well, let me tell you something. You know who really believes that there's value in, in convincing people of ideas? The, the whole totalitarian regime. That's why they launched these propaganda campaigns. Because they think it's really important
1: to propagandize people. But I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, ab- well hold don't on, Jason. I, I don't. Let. I don't. Ab- I don't object to that though. Oh, okay. I don't object to the promoting the message. Okay,
2: fine. So if you. So so you're. We're in agreement then that there's value in introducing the ideas of liberty to people, right? Yes. Words, so you're saying you don't object to that at all. Okay. So what I would say, just building off of that, is that I actually think that that is highly important. That, that's one of the most important things we can do right now is wake more people up to red pill more people as Michael Malice, uh, or, or Neo the one would say. I think that is to me above all because the truth is no matter how much wealth and, and power and influence you have, if this thing spins out of control as bad as, as it might, and you're talking about how there's going to be men at the door with needles and you have wealth so you can avoid that. And you know what? To be true, to, to be fair, I'm I have wealth. And so I've been able to avoid a lot of the the, the shit that's gone on in the last 18 months. Believe me, it is not lost on me that I have. My family's been fine over the last 18 months. And I know a lot of other people in this country have not been. And so that that's something we should we should acknowledge. But if it gets to that point who the hell's to say that it won't get to the point where your wealth can't protect you from that and and especially with what joe biden said the other day we don't exactly know how much that can protect you believe me when when countries really spin out of control and things really get bad even rich people can get dragged through uh dragged through the streets so we we don't exactly know what will protect us and what won't so if we're together on the idea that spreading these ideas are very important then the conversation comes down to Is utilizing a political party valuable in spreading these ideas? Well, I'll tell you, since I've been utilizing this political party, it has done nothing but help. There's people like Joe Rogan and Tim Poole and Kennedy and Greg Gutfeld, and there's a whole bunch of really influential people who, as soon as I was attached to a political party and flirting with this idea of running, were like, oh, wow. So you'd be an option and they take it way more seriously then. And then all of the people listening, take it way more seriously. So again, look, I'm an anarchist. I agree with you in in spirit that yeah, politics shouldn't exist, but while it does, and while people are so hyper-focused on it, it can be used very effectively toward what we both think is something really important, waking people up. And look, let me say one more thing real quick, just on the the message of, uh, on the idea of waking people up. You know, it's easy. It's like the Bastiat, the seen versus the unseen, right? There are these things that it's easy to see everything that's happened and say, well, this has been a failure this whole time, right? Like waking people up hasn't done anything. Ron Paul didn't do anything, but there's also the unseen. And there's lots of things that could have happened already by now that haven't because there was mass pushback from the population. And by the way, if there was not pushback from the population, they would not need to spend this much energy on these propaganda campaigns and they would have done way more. There would be a national vaccine passport. By now if there was not pushback from the pop uh, from the population there would have been another iraq war in syria as we all know around 2013 if there wasn't mass pushback and the biggest one to me actually is the uh, the sopa bill which i don't know if you guys remember the, the sopa bill was around uh, 2011 2012. i mean this conversation right now would not be happening I don't know if you guys remember the original SOPA bill that was proposed was that the government was just going to regulate the internet and it was under like the, the guise of anti-piracy laws or something, but they were going to just say the feds had the right to shut down whatever website they wanted. Forget cancel culture and getting banned off Facebook or whatever, all of this would have been shut down. But there was mass pushback against that and they backed off. There's a reason why they float these things out. There's a reason why Biden didn't just say, oh, it's a vaccine mandate for everyone. He said it's a mandate for companies over 100 people or they have to take a test. They're always trying to feel out the population and anything we can do to, to wake more people up and to get more people opposed to that is valuable. By the way, just to be clear, I also think it's valuable what you're doing. I'm not against what you're doing. I think it's really valuable to get people to increase their wealth, their influence. I think that's that's a a wonderful thing to do. I have no beef with you doing that. I don't have a beef with you like changing your kind of like theme of your show to go do that. My only issue with you, Jason, is that you're attacking my people for what they're doing. And I feel like if I were to go after, if I were to say, you know, if you convince some guy that everything you're saying is right, And he needs to increase his wealth, power, and influence. And and he's bought into exactly what you're saying. And he goes out and he's going to start this new company. And he's got a bunch of investors. And he goes, man, this is is crazy. I've raised a bunch of money. Like, I just raised $500,000 to go start this new company. And I started tweeting at him. And I was like, you haven't made one sale, you loser. Oh, you raised $500,000? That's no power. That means nothing. Wouldn't you kind of look at me and be like, dude, why are you like... Why are you going no, after I, my people? I'd say
1: you're right. He should, should keep his mouth shut because all he did was raise a bunch of money, and that did not mean he Would keep, you? Would you really? Not, yeah, I would, because he's not successful yet. He hasn't done anything. He's he's raised money, which there's something to be said for raising money. But but I mean, you haven't made a sale yet. You haven't produced anything. You haven't. Right, maybe he's about to. to. Buy maybe he's stuff.
2: about to make a bunch. Well, of sales. Well,
1: then he should talk shit after he's done that. And that's my opinion for the Mises caucus. It's like, look, maybe you guys will be the be all end all. Maybe, as I said before, I told you online, I said, I hope if anybody makes me eat my words, I hope it's you. But, you know, there's a lot of people talking a lot of shit and they got nothing to hang their hat on other than I, I I don't agree with that.
2: I don't think they have nothing to hang their hat on. I think that they have they have inspired a bunch of people to get excited about these ideas. And that is valuable to me. Like that, that is very important. Believe me, listen, it's not like the the whole battle of the culture is right at the center of all of this stuff. And I don't think we should just dismiss that. The idea that, and and I also disagree with you when you say we've been trying this for 50 years. I don't think we have. I think that this project is since 2007 and it's all, it all started with Ron Paul. I don't think that before that you could really compare anything to what the true well, principle on, libertarian comp- message is,
1: even if we compare from two thousand seven to today you yeah. can't really point to any Libertarian Party success or Mises Caucus success. So so listen- Well, the Mises
2: Caucus I, is only a couple years old. I, no, I I'm not it. pointing to, the, and Ron Paul wasn't a part of the Libertarian Party. I'm not talking I about the Libertarian Party. I'm talking about the fact, no, I do think that there have been successes in the sense that there's way more people who believe in liberty than there used to be. Okay, but and if, this if is, that doesn't but this is translate- you just con- But you just now, conceded that, that this is important. Into,
1: If that doesn't translate into more liberty, then what is the point? Okay. Are we freer today than we were when Ron Paul ran for office for, for president? Are we freer today than we were then? Well, hold on. But this is now we're, we're shifting goalposts. So
2: it's like, if you're going to say you, you laid it out. I didn't lay it out. Let me just explain what I'm saying. So if you're going to say that your method is making people freer today, than we were when, when you started or whatever, then okay, by that metric, yes, me and you are both freer today than we were then. If you're talking about government tyranny, then no, the size of government has continued to grow. No one's making the argument that Ron Paul grabbed the the reins of power and has has rolled them back since then that's not the argument that we're making but you agreed earlier that spreading these
1: ideas are important and if we're yes but not to convince them to take political action to convince them to take the to take the reins for themselves and to start creating that freedom for themselves to show them a path that can actually produce that freedom for them okay here's the problem here's the problem yes tyranny has continued to increase okay but for you and i we bear the burden less than others because we have done the things that I talk about that I promote, right? We've done those things. We are freer. We are more insulated. If tyranny continues to come, you and I have choices. We have options that others do not have. What I'm suggesting to you is, is that the political aims and the political moves that you're making will not decrease the tyranny will not hold the best you can hope for is to slow the aggression, And what I would say to that is whatever time you would spend trying to slow that aggression is better spent trying to create that freedom for yourself and your family and try. And then if you can convince and then down the line, once you've done that, as you and I have, if you want to talk to other people and say, Hey, look at our lives. You see what we've been able to do. See the success that we've had. You see how free we are. We're a lot freer than you are. Well, here's what we did. And if you would like to be as free as we are, Then here's how you do it. See, that's what we're building. See, I'm building my own thing too, but I'm not building it around a political, advancing a political ideology. I'm trying to assemble all the people who believe in freedom and liberty and who are tired of political parties and who are ready to say, you know what? I want it for myself. I look at what Dave got. I look at what Jason's got. I look at what Mark has because Mark's freer than 99% of your audience right now too. And I see what you guys want. I want that too. Well, here's how you do it. You don't do it through politics. That's not the route. You do it by following these steps. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but again, I, I just
2: feel like this is, I'm not disagreeing with anything you just said. I'm not advocating that anyone doesn't try to take their financial you know, independence into their own hands. I think that's a great thing to do if they want to do it. I also think that that alone is not going to stop the issues that we really care about. Like that in itself is not an antidote to any of this. And so, again, I just feel like things have kind of been almost conflated here. If we're saying that spreading this message is valuable, which when I started talking about why I think that's valuable, you agreed with me. Well, then by that metric, Ron Paul is the greatest success ever. So yes, but if you're talking about the metric of reducing government tyranny, then all of us are abject failures. Absolutely. None of us have done that. So I'm not like, these are different things and I'm not pretending that something has happened that hasn't happened. And I'm also not arguing that no one should do that. Look, I, I, in terms of what is the best thing you can do in your own life to keep yourself going, it probably depends on the individual and the circumstances Come on, that just say in. it,
1: just say it, just say what? it, just say, just say it. it's, it's, it's control the source of your income. It's make it mobile. It's rare. And no, that's not, guilt. well, that's not,
2: not what I was going to, yeah, but Jason, that's not what I was going to say. Like, that's really not even where I was but why, going. Why not? This, like, then what
1: is, then what is, what is the most important thing that somebody who is concerned about their own liberty and their own freedom can well, do today? Own. But liberty and freedom you're almost interchanging
2: these words that mean different things. So liberty in the sense of like your like political negative rights. Yes, I mean there is advantages to having money. I, like I said, look, I used to be broke and now I have money. It's better to have money. <laughs> I'm not arguing that it's better. Like on I think we every- can argue to that. Yes, like a on, lot on, like
1: a lot better, right, Dave? Like yes, a super lot better. I yeah.
2: completely agree. Yeah. No one's fighting. I, my message have has never been, ah, guys, having money sucks. Burn all that money. I'm not arguing with you, but at the same sense, it's like it's way better to have a happy marriage than an unhappy marriage. But I'm also not- That's why fucking, you can't
0: read Rothbard in your marriage, you know? But, <laughs> you gotta, but I'm
2: also <laughs> not like giving relationship advice because that's just not like what I'm interested in talking about. What I'm interested in talking about are these ideas of liberty. And like, but by the way, you could make a strong argument that having a happy marriage is more important than any of this liberty shit because that's so going to give you okay on, let me just finish because that's yeah, going to yeah. give you a freer life if you want to use the word freer in that sense so yeah. yes there, there are other important things in your own life but A lot of this like liberty shit that that a lot of us are talking about is not simply that we're concerned with ourselves and our own well-being. It's that we're considered with the plight of other people who are going to be caught in this mess. And like I said before, with the examples I gave, there is power in waking people up and they can help other people as well. So it's not just about that. But yes, absolutely. If there's somebody out there who's like, hey, look, I am about to make A a huge fucking deal where I'm going to start this company and make millions of dollars and give myself all of this freedom so I can't go knocking door to door for the Mises caucus. Maybe they could cut a check to the Mises caucus or something you know, okay, sure. I'm not telling you, you have to do that. But then there's other people who are in different situations where they're like, oh, you know, I actually can go out and knock door to door and kind of introduce people to these ideas. And if you've already acknowledged that it's important to introduce people to these ideas, then maybe somebody who's in that situation, who's like, I I don't know, whatever it is where they do have that freedom or uh, uh, free time, then maybe that is important for them to go do. So again, I just, I, I'm not against anything you're doing, but to make it black and white as an assertion that this won't work and this can't persuade people. I mean, all right. I, you said you, you'd like nobody else to, to make, you know, you eat your words. I'm telling you, dude, we're going to make some noise and I'm going to enjoy it when you do eat your words I, but I but it depends on what your, your words
1: are and what if, would it, the it, metric be i'm curious it, well here's every, let's, let's just, if there's let let a let huge movement out. of libertarians if we I, I don't know if you if you can if you can I don't even know how you would measure it, but here's my point. And I I actually don't, I I don't know how you measure it. And and if we can come up with a measurement, I'm happy to do it. it. Listen, uh, the most, this is what I, this is what I really (laughs) want to get across to people is that I, it is unfair to position me as someone who doesn't care about other people. Um, Because you made the statement that it's not just about me and, and creating wealth and power for ourselves. that we also care about other people. I also deeply, as I said before, deeply care about others. And what I get most of the time from people who are advocating for political activism as a way to wake people up, which you and I both know, we've been doing that for 20 years, and, and it hasn't had much of an impact on anything, uh, not, no measurable impact, but that aside. For the individual
2: um, people, it absolutely has, dude. Dude, you've woken up a lot of people That's that's uh, uh, that has absolutely had a measurable impact on their if lives. If freedom and doesn't increase
1: too. by a measure of that. But here's, here's, but again, aside from that, for your,
2: for your strategy as well, okay, well then define,
1: okay, then let me, let me go a different direction here. Then define for me, what is liberty or freedom, whichever word you would like to choose in your mind. Well, the only reason,
2: just to say, the only reason why I'm differentiating between those things is I'm just saying that it's like the idea that you have, you know, wealth gives you freedom. Like, hey, I could fly first wealth class. Wealth is or I, freedom. Hold wealth on. Let me just. is freedom. Okay. But let me just make the point I'm making. The idea of, of freedom, like a jet pack gives you freedom from gravity or wealth gives you the freedom to be able to fly first class or fly private. I'm not against any of that. I'm just saying that that's a little bit different than what we're talking about with liberty. and and negative rights where like someone shouldn't be thrown in a cage or someone shouldn't be drone bombed in a third world country or whatever. I'm just saying that it, so, so there's a difference if we're talking about what we're, we're, you know, I just want to be precise here. So if you're asking me about what, asking me what gives you freedom or what gives you any of this stuff. um, And I wasn't, by the way, suggesting at all that you don't care about other people. I was just saying that increasing your own situation is not the primary goal of most people who are on board with this liberty movement. What they're focused on is the fact that there are all of these innocent people who are just being like torn up by this system and that we want yeah, to kind of like, it's crea- brutal, dude. It's yeah. terrible.
1: And, and I see it and I hate it and I want to help people get out of it. And what I see is, is that what I see is I see people saying, Hey, listen, we don't disagree with anything that you're saying. We just think we can do this too. And what I I'm, what I'm coming back with, and, and I, again, call me the, call me the asshole that doesn't, you know, that won't make concessions, but I don't think, I don't think that what they're doing in the mises caucus i don't think that political activism is going to solve any of those problems i don't think it's going to reduce totalitarianism i don't think it's going to make people freer what i think it's going to do is it has the potential to wake people up but if you're not waking them up to something if you're not waking them up as we're trying to do on my show and 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 with what the community that we're building and saying hey you're awake now okay here's how you get free here's how you do it You don't do it by signing up for a caucus or by signing up for a political party and going and knocking doors and spending the next 20 years, uh, you know, uh, uh, putting your faith and hope in a political party that if you just, you know, if you just get enough people involved, like that's a failed strategy. And we've seen it over and over and over again. Maybe you're the obsession to the rule. I'm not willing to wait 20 years to find that out. Okay. I'm not willing to wait. But uh, look, the truth
2: is no one's asking you to wait. 20 years to find that out. I think you should keep doing what you're doing. Like I'm not against what you're doing. So here's where I find the disconnect. You're saying that you just conceded right there that maybe this is an effective way to wake people up and that that is a noble thing to do. But then you also think you should have this next step of what people should do after they're woken up. Okay. I, I don't disagree with that, but I'm in the business of waking people up And I'm doing a really good job at that. Like I'm waking a lot of people up. I don't dispute that so, at all. So why are we fighting then? You're <laughs> if fighting I'm because, doing something, I, I, hold, I, hold on, hold no, on. Hold no, on. No, let we're let just say. having
0: drinks. What are you talking <laughs> about? But, but I'm
2: saying, like, so what's the disagreement here? Okay. If I'm waking people up and you think that's necessary, and then you have this next step, so okay, let me wake them up and you promote the next step that you think is increasing your wealth, power, and influence. By the way, a whole bunch of other people have different things that they think is the next step. Some people think it's like, you know, finding God and and you well, know, some so people d- think it's moving to Saigon and some people think it's moving to the Free State Project and some wait, people think I, that I it's, think it's, it's becoming really... so, But all the, but I'm just saying that it's like, no matter what the ultimate step is, I think the first step has to be waking people up. And I understand where you don't want to wait 10 years or 20 years. Believe me, I'd rather a solution to end the COVID regime tomorrow.
1: Anyone got one? It are, I, no. have one. So I have let's one. I have one. I have one. I have one. Okay. If somebody tries to stick a needle in my kid's arm, I'll scoop them up and I'll take them to South America or I'll take them yes. to Saipan or I'll take them out of here. Yes, I have so the financial Jason, this means is the and ability
2: to do that. Listen, Jason, I agree with you and no one will stick a needle in my kid's arm. I promise you that, and that's great. And there's a very important message there that I don't disagree with, that yes, me and you both have the means to make sure our kids are protected, and that's very important. But this is the point I'm making, and I'm not suggesting, just to be clear here, I'm not suggesting you don't care about this. I'm just saying there are other kids who are going to get the needle stuck in their arm. But and they so don't I want to
1: think about I want to think about that as well. No, they don't ha- have to. And your solution they won't prevent that do from have happening to the, They the, Your solution, your political solution will not prevent that from happening. And your won't. solution won't prevent that from happening either. Agreed.
2: Neither of us have a solution that will prevent that from happening tomorrow. I don't see
1: why mine can't.
2: I, if, if you, not, not tomorrow. I've been preaching this message for four years. OK, so so you're telling me that no kid is going to do that because of your your message.
1: I'm saying so I'm saying you're, you have a, you're chance. have a message
2: that will get everyone to increase their wealth, power and influence. And you just by the way, babies hold on, well. let's apply the same logic to you. How nope. many years do I have to wait for that? 10, okay, this, this, is what I'm,
1: this is what I'm saying to you. This is what I'm saying to you is that if you follow my prescription, you have a chance. If you try and invest in political change and try to wait it out, you you're you're done. You're finished.
0: I'm curious, Jason, how is it is your criticism towards like towards this strategy? Is it is it only because it's political or is it because it's political as a caucus in the Libertarian Party? Would you feel any different if this was like a movement in the Republican Party or is it really just pol- politics overall?
1: No, it's just politics in general. It won't make any difference what political so you say party. The same thing if this through. was like the yeah, yeah the Mises best you caucus
0: can do- GOP or what? yeah.
1: No, the best you can do is tinker around the edges. That's the very best that you're ever going to be able to do, regardless of the political party, because the two primary ones we have now are already owned by a, a group of people, group of elites that have money, who have power, who have influence, and who, who use the state in order to execute their will. So if you manage to get in there, all you're going to do is now you're in that cabal. If the Libertarian Party ever reaches a point where it has any power or influence, it will have to submit to that same group of people. It will have to, if yeah, you know, I, well, I agree if you with you. I, okay.
2: I actually agree with, with all of that. And I, I think the idea of particularly if we're talking about the federal government, I think the idea of getting into the federal government and then like being this, you know, which, which I do think has been um, a real flaw in the libertarian mindset for a long time that we're going to elect the right people to the federal government and they'll get in there and kind of turn all of these things around. And even as much as I was not a fan of Trump. And I think that he was obloviating ignoramus, as Gene Epstein would call him. Um, But even with that guy, you just see the example where he got in there. I mean, he was completely boxed in by the bureaucrats and the deep state. Couldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the idea. And then if you really were that good and that smart, as I've said before, on this show, I think you would end up taking a – uh, fucking ride yeah. through Dallas, yep. and uh, you, you, you commit know, and a nice suicide. Three yeah, shots exactly. to the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. That's that certainly isn't my argument. Um, I do think, however, on the more local levels, there are real freedoms that can be won for people. But to your point, that is kind of tinkering around the edges. But that's not that's not anything to laugh off or shrug off I mean if somebody's you know if you you know uh, uh as uh, Michael Heiss has has accomplished he was able to uh convince his uh his town to decriminalize um uh uh mushrooms and and he, he got the the towns around him to do that too I mean hey those are some lives saved probably people's lives are ruined over these these laws so that's a really noble thing to do and I think that's fantastic and you know we could go through a lot of different examples of of law laws here and there that have really helped people. So that I don't want to downplay that, but I do get your point that the, the broader picture, this, look, this is what Ron Paul always said, that we're in the business of kind of speaking to the remnant and the, this federal authoritarian fascist government, if we're just going to be honest and after Joe Biden's speech yesterday, I mean, let's just call it what it is. This is a fascist government. Um, This is going to play its course. And the best we can hope for is that enough people are aware of what bullshit this whole thing is and that it can um, it can dissolve peacefully. Like that's the ultimate goal here is that there's some option after the collapse. And I would agree with uh, I've heard you say this, Jason, like way uh, uh, back in, on, when it was the Jason Stapleton program and before the uh, wealth power and influence. But I, I don't know if maybe you've changed your mind on this, but I don't think you have. But that it's like, yeah, look, there's a lot of people in the libertarian movement who are always like betting on it's all going to collapse tomorrow. It's all going to collapse tomorrow. And it, we get a little bit ahead of ourselves on that. And and I, I don't know that that's going to happen. But there certainly is something unsustainable about the course that we're on right now. And And whenever this ends up, you know, coming to a head, it's not gonna be the end of the world, but this system is going to have to either morph into something else or revert or something. And the possibilities when uh, an authoritarian system is facing impending doom are like, it goes out like the Nazis did, where you genocide a whole bunch of people, or it goes out like the Soviets did where you just kind of peacefully dissolve and let's pray that we go out like the latter and not the former. But I think we're in a much better position if there's a lot, if we can have some type of mass movement who believe in Liberty. And I think that as, as you've agreed, you know, in this discussion that it's valuable to, to convince people to believe in Liberty. I think that having, let's say, hypothetically, which is going to happen, that the Mises Caucus takes over the Libertarian Party. And let's say hypothetically, there's a really great presidential candidate who's on this show right now, who's really good at at explaining this message to people. I think we, we can create way more people who believe in these ideas than we currently have. And I think that's better than what we have right now. So it's not that I'm promising a fix-all solution to all of these problems, but truthfully, none of us have a fix-all solution to any of these problems. I think that what I'm selling is better than not doing it.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I listen, I love and respect you. I I just think that I think that your efforts would be better spent in other directions, but we just, yeah, we just disagree, and that's okay. You know, you're gonna you're gonna bring a whole bunch of people to to the message, and my hope is that they will see the folly in trying to spend time in political arena, and that they'll start focusing on their own wealth. and I'm gonna do everything I can to try and convince people to not be spending time on on advancing political party and ideology, and instead increasing their own liberty. Well, okay. So
2: the only difference there, listen, I love and respect you too, brother. And I, I, uh, hope you get a whole bunch of people to increase their wealth and power and influence and all of that. The only difference is I'm not trying to tell your people not to do what you're pushing. I just, I I wish you all the best, but I will say this, that, um, I remember. And, and dude, you were, as I, as I posted on Twitter, you know, uh, a few weeks ago that you were one of the first people, man, when I first started uh, my show who really gave me a boost. And, you know, Mark, you, you uh, addressed this early in the show. Like I remember Jason, when you, you advertised on my show and it was just to send me a check. It had nothing to do with even gaining anything from advertising on my show. It was just like, hey, I want to fucking help you out here. He let me to, like. He he it. Well, well just just poor, so maybe. you
1: know, what really sold it for me was whoever was selling your advertising had no idea what they should be charging, yeah, and they, they offered were, it to me so cheaply that was, I was like, yeah, I'll hey, buy even Lions of Liberty was able to afford <laughs> it. So <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous.
2: By the way, both you guys, you want to advertise on my show these days? It's going to cost you a little bit more. Than we, we actually can.
1: just we I actually I I was just talking about it, and I said, I don't think I can afford his show now. I don't think we got to
2: Money. <laughs> but I'll tell you, dude, but not even just that, but like having me on your show and, and you let me guest host your show at one point. And I remember, and it really gave me like a shot in the arm at that time. And so I'm, I'm always grateful for all that shit. But I'll tell you also that I remember um, the first time we, we met face to face, which because we had done like podcasts, Austin and stuff. Peterson, That's Austin right. Peterson's thing. Yeah. So it was in Kansas City. Yep. And we were at Austin. And I don't know why. I just have a weird memory for all these things. But I remember getting in a conversation with you where you were talking about at the time we got in a whole conversation i I remember finding it really fascinating and you were talking about like the psychology of marketing and like how like businesses grow and like all this stuff i just remember like really learning from this conversation where you were kind of like look this is how people like promote things and this is how they really grow and this is how people increase their own financial wealth and so i think my guess, I don't know. And I, I, I haven't like completely followed all of the, you know, direction that you've gone in, in the podcast in the last couple of years and not, not anything against the podcast, just that I've been busy as shit. And I sure, used to yeah. listen to the Jason Stapleton program all the time. And I just had a lot more free time back then. It's not, you know, uh like I just, I, I, I wish I could listen to every lines of Liberty and every fucking wealth power and influence, but it's just, I, I got a lot of shit going on now, but I think you were always fascinated with these ideas like they're always fascinated with the ideas of kind of like how people create wealth and and all, all of that stuff and I think that's great. I I really I I have nothing against that. Look, man, Harry Brown to me is like a hero and he wrote that book, you know, How to Be Free in an Unfree World and he also oh, ran for president on the Libertarian Party uh uh you know, platform uh, on the Libertarian Party. Uh and So I just, I guess my perspective is like, I don't see that there's this conflict between these two. And I suppose that you could say that if there was someone out there who's like, look, I can either invest this hour in this new business idea I have, or in the Mises caucus that you'd be like, oh, do it in the business, not that, or, or whatever. Um, And okay, that, that might be true for some people, but I think that all of us, the, like, my thing is like, you you absolutely to to go back to what I said uh, earlier that it's like, it's like, should you like have a happy marriage or be good to your friends or be involved in the libertarian party? It's like, there's no conflict there. Get and married I don't and read
0: Rothbard. We can do yes, both. Yes,
2: that's all I'm saying. Make your wife read Rothbard by force if <laughs> by, necessary. By authoritarian. That terms. is my point. But that's okay. all I'm saying. So I yeah. don't see. So nothing but love and respect for you too, brother. But I don't. I just don't see the conflict here. And I think that you are right in a lot of ways. That yeah, to protect yourself from this impending, you know, totalitarianism you need to put yourself in as good a situation as you possibly can. I, I completely agree with that.
1: All right. And thank you for so much. And and to all of your success. I'm I'm so grateful for you uh, for uh, so happy for that and and like I said, there's no better person that it could have happened to than you. Um, but it, it, in my mind I look at everything we've been through since we started on this journey and we all basically started about the same time, Mark, a little bit sooner than the rest of us, but we all been on this road about the same time. And, uh, and, and for me, when I look at it and I define liberty and freedom, I don't really care. Um, because I talk about wealth power and influence and people talk about money and they say, well, you know, how much money is enough. And I, it's not about money. See, for me, Freedom is the ability to do what I want, when I want, where I want, with who I want, for as long as I want, without consideration for the cost. To me, that's what it means to be free. Okay. The easiest way for someone to create that in their own lives is to, is to control the source of their income and make that income mobile. Okay. Wealth, in a sense, is freedom. It's what provides me those things. If you have a different definition of that, then, then I'm not going to be for you. If, if you're trying to change the world, I'm not going to be for you. If you're trying to wake people up, I'm not going to be for you. I'm for the woke. I'm for the people who say I'm awake. Now what? Now this. And so we're on opposite ends of the field and I just want to make sure that those people who are awake and who are trying to figure out how to maximize their time, as I said, the most valuable resource they have, the one thing they never get back, no matter how hard they try, that they're maximizing in a way that's going to maximize liberty as well and freedom as well. And so mad respect for both of you guys we're just kind of on opposite ends on the way people should be taking action. And, uh, and I, I just appreciate having the opportunity to, to share my ideas with people, because as I said, when I switched my show, I was largely ostracized by everybody. Like nobody wanted to talk to me and yeah, I was going through a divorce. There was a bunch of other bullshit that was going on at the time and it was pretty hairy. And I understand why I kind of had a, had a, a black cloud over me, but, but I don't think that, If you've looked at anything over the last 18 months, I think what it's shown is that people will trade, the majority will trade their liberty away for security the second the liberty is at risk. And the rest of us are sitting around going, what the fuck? Well, the only way to insulate yourself from that is to be able to operate outside the system. And you can't do that if you don't control anything. You can't do that if you if you don't have any freedom. And so I'm trying to move people and focus attention here not there. Yeah. And I recognize that we're doing different things and and like I said I don't I, I just I I feel like if people are devoting time to that other thing that they're wasting valuable resources in an economy that and and, and a, in a culture that's changing really faster than we can even understand. So that yeah. that's kind of like my closing thing. So, okay, so I, I get what you're saying there. Wait, you I don't get just, another closing statement. You got your thing and I got my it's thing. We well, me, no closing you don't get another do thing mean? now. I didn't, realize, I didn't even realize we were doing closing statements <laughs> just because right. we were nice to each other. That means so? <laughs> well, I'm just joking. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> well, I'll say that. So so I, I get that. And, and like I said before, you're speaking to the people who are already woke, although we got to find a different well, word because yeah, yeah, that's been co-opted quite a bit. But I get what you mean by that. But I'm still in the business of trying trying to red pill more people and trying to get them awoken. Um, so that's, so in, in a sense, I'm sending them right to you, you know? And, and, and I think that that's Maybe Jason's great. to buy some more ads. I, again, yeah, there you go. I think that uh, um, I, I think there's no conflict between that and, and what I'm proposing. And and I don't think, again, I, I think that it's, it's not a binary choice between the two, but. Perhaps you do, but you know, as, as you said before, you do see value in us uh, spreading this message. I would, I would say that as far as what we've seen in the last eighteen months, um, yeah, there's, there is no question. There's a lot of people who will. Oof, I mean, it's creepy. I was saying Jeff Dice, the uh, president of the Mises uh, Institute, m- made this comment in a speech recently, and I, I tweeted something about this earlier and was talking about it on my podcast the, the last episode, that, and, and this is something that all of us got to really think about and grapple with, is that you're like, you look at Australia and think to yourself, how many people in America would support that coming here, particularly with, say, the unvaccinated? I mean, how many people in America right now would support the unvaccinated being, I don't know, kicked out of their job,
1: under house amount. arrest. Yeah, interned, yeah. Um
2: interned maybe, denied medical service, you know.
0: We're seeing blue check marks across I mean, the board openly advocate for that. Look,
2: yeah, I'm I'm saying that I, I think I mean I don't know for sure, but I, I think it's in the tens of millions. I mean, I, I don't think that's an overstatement to say that. I think they would they would support. And then, of course, as all good libertarians like the three of us know. What are you really supporting? Well, the cops beating the shit out of someone who tried to stop their kid from getting vaccinated or or left their house when they weren't allowed to. How many Americans would support that right now? It's a lot, you know, and and that's something that we all should understand and grapple with. And And so even the idea of like convincing the majority I think that's a democratic fantasy, unimportant notion. My, my goal is to convince as many as can be convinced. And I don't think that the, the, and I think Jason would agree with me that the majority isn't really what runs anything. It's, it's always a minority who, who really controls things. So what we have, but to they do all is
1: got con- money and power brother they Yes, all got one, money and power.
2: 100%. I agree with you. Um, But that doesn't mean they couldn't necessarily be convinced by someone who doesn't have money and power, you know? So there's a lot of, you know, moving factors here. And I would say that money, like, it's almost like to me, neither one of our solutions alone would do it. There's like a lot of things that would have to line up to actually solve these problems. And just money and power isn't good. Look if you're talking about freedom in the, in the way that you define it, and I, I accept that definition. I think, uh, I think it's valid. Um, I mean, Americans today have more wealth and freedom. We have more billionaires and millionaires than, than a society a uh, hundred or 200 years ago could have imagined. It would be magic to them, but we're still dealing with all of this stuff. It's not like that solves it on its own. And it's not like my solution solves it on its own. You know, there's like, you need kind of a combination of all of these things. And so I I just think that we, we should continue to, I, I, I think you should continue to push forward with what you're doing and I should continue to push forward with what I'm doing. I'm not against it, dude. I'm not like my own, again, dude, I got nothing but love and respect for you. My only beef is that I think you should stop attacking what we're doing. I think you should keep doing what you're doing. And, and like Mark kind of indicated with his question earlier of you, it's like, if this is all a waste of time and these are the people that you're just like done with and don't want to th- deal with like, okay, and, and go do your thing. And, and I, I, I wish nothing but the best to you and nothing but the best to the people that you're, you know, giving your wisdom to, I I know for a fact Like, cause I used to watch the Jason Stapleton program all the time. I know how good you were at what you were doing then. And I have no doubt that you're really good at what you're doing now. And I wish all the best to you and to to all the people who listen to you. But I think I'm also really good at what I'm doing, and that's don't, also don't important. Don't
1: That was a perfect way for you to end it. You don't have to butt it. <laughs> no, I'm like butting I was going to be like I feel the same way, dude. And then we could like end it, well, you know, well, like I'm, this bump I'm in butting it, it hard. Virtue. But I
2: also think what I'm doing is important, and what what, what we're doing is is going to be something really special. And look, I will say this, and this will be my final thing. I'll I'll end it on this closing I statement. Think, you
0: might say, no, no,
2: it's not <laughs> no, debate. no, no. This <laughs> is just not closing debate. sentence. <laughs> the the what with what I'm doing with the Mises Caucus. The obligation is on me to convince you that there's real value in this. And I think once you see it, the way it goes down, you may not 100% agree with it, but you'll go, okay, I get it. There's real value there. And that's it. To all the detractors of this whole like LP strategy, I accept that. And I accept that the obligation is on me to be so great (laughs) that you'll go, goddamn, that's pretty cool that he did that. So that's that's how I'll leave it.
0: I, I just want to well, ask Jason. I wish you best is, is, is of luck, man. Is there something, too, Jason, brother. that that you could that you could foresee that like if Dave or the Mises caucus accomplished like at a certain level or maybe a certain amount of media exposure or a certain amount of whatever. Is there some metric you can say where you're like, you know what? Maybe Dave was right. Or maybe, maybe I shouldn't have been so critical. Is there something you can envision that would actually like make you like you said eat your words in some way?
1: Well, my my, my hope is that 2024 when Dave runs for president, is that maybe? Because we know he's going to. Unless you are going to announce on, it right man. now on the next the logical step. Listen, if I was if I was consulting for you, I mean, you, you were very kind to me, and you said, you know, even when we spoke many years ago, I was talking a lot about here's how you build movements, here's how you here's how you get people to take action. Like that's that's what I do for a living, right? That's how I that's what I teach people how to do is how do you market and present yourself, and how do you brand yourself in a way that's going to be attractive to the people that are most likely to give you money, okay? Now, Dave's business is a little bit different because people give him money kind of like a through an intermediary, which are people who advertise on the show or buy tickets to come and listen to him tell jokes. Uh, but in, in, in reality, it's the same thing, is how do you motivate those people? So I, I'm, I'm not very good at many things, guys. I'm really not, but I'm fucking outstanding at that. And so the question, is there anything that make me eat my words? I don't know, because what I would hope that Dave would bring to the table in 2024 is that he would have a bigger revolution than the Ron Paul revolution, and that that revolution would either, A, lead to actual, like, certifiable, you know, political change, which I don't think is possible, or... It would lead to to a lot of people beginning to shift their focus from, oh, I I need to get my party elected to, hey, uh, look, I need to be taking more charge of myself and making sure that I'm insulated from all this shit that's going on. Like, if I want to be free, I need to be free. If I I really believe in self-ownership and and personal responsibility, then I need to be living those values. And, And so... That's what I would hope to see. I don't know how you would measure that.
2: I, I just but that's an interesting, that's a really interesting point. Maybe that should be like um, more of a focus of what I'm trying to do is like after I tell you like X, Y, and Z, like if I were, let's say hypothetically, which is not a guarantee, but let's just say hypothetically, I were to do something where I had this mass movement, maybe by the end of like breaking down why everything here is so pitted against you, there's some message of like, and here's why you gotta take control of your own life. And I'll tell you that that has already been a big part of my thing. I mean, people who have like uh, watched, you know, I've been running my new like hour uh, stand-up standup uh, uh, thing, which I'm, I'm trying to put out. I got a kid coming very soon, so it's all messed up. I was, by the way, I was supposed to put out a new hour special in, uh, but I, I swear to God, in February, 2020, I got off stage and I said to my two uh, buddies- uh, so I just need uh, two
0: more nights on stage and I'll have this I, thing down. I
2: swear to God, <laughs> I, what I said was two more months. I go, I'm two months away from having my new hour special and it's gonna be fucking great. And then the whole world shut down and I couldn't run it anymore and I had to address all this new stuff. But I've been back like really running this hour a lot. And now I got another kid. But my, I have this whole chunk at the end about how it's really important is finding your own community your family your life like kind of creating a situation for yourself where you are like you know surrounded by what you want to be surrounded by yeah and so so i do agree uh in a sense that like i think that should be a part of the message that it's like yeah let like really do what you need to do to take your own have have power over your own destiny and um so i i you know, I well I look when when
1: you when you run, I I swear to God, <laughs> yes. I will promote, I will promote the fuck out of you. I will tell people to go and listen to you. Um, I, I will I, for those who vote because I don't vote, but if you vote, you can go and and vote for you. I'll promote that and, and advocate for that because I do think that you're one of the best messengers that the that the the, the that our ideas have and. You know, however you choose to use your time and, and use your skills is on, is for you. And, and I, and I, like I said, I'll support you any way I can, as I always have tried to do. Well,
2: thank you. I appreciate that very much. And and same to you. I, I literally, I, and I hate when uh, sometimes, and I think we both probably have, have felt this before, when people in our orbit will kind of be like attacking each other because we have like whatever disagreement on, on any of this stuff. We are like, guys. <laughs>
1: We Dude, I, I never, here's the thing. People so, don't realize that we're, that like, we're friends. Like I, yeah. I like, we, I, I like spending, I like spending time with you. The, the, the little time we have, I actually consider you a, you know, like a, I don't know, a, not a close friend, but like a friend, like I consider I somebody, you. somebody that, that I can reach friends, out to. You know? and Matt, Matt, I mean, Mark and I have sat down and had beers multiple times. It's like, I, I d- most of these people who think we're at odds, we're really not. I, I, no. I, I we disagree on tactic. And and that's really what tonight was about was I wanted to lay out my philosophy. I wanted to give you a chance to, you know, to to really poke holes in my ideology and and what I was thinking and and, uh, and give me a chance to i i guess to to combat that but ultimately at the end of the day dude we're both have the same mission our our same mission is to increase people's freedom and liberty and there's all these people out there see i i there's a lot of unaccomplished people out there who like to spend their days on twitter doing nothing they're they're ineffective people And, and i don't those people are fine they like to stir up shit that's their life's mission my mission is something very different and yours is very different so at the end of the day and, you know, I'm going to support you. I know you're going to support me. And and of course, both of us support Mark because that's why we're here. Otherwise, yeah, who would come we on, that's really? actually the whole point of the show. Who would, who, who, is, oh. who would be here? Otherwise, <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're really just trying to get Mark's rent paid. I mean, that's good, let's be honest.
0: <laughs> it doesn't take much. I'm about to be in Mexico for a while. So my rent, that's will be right, man. Lower, so there you, All right, you guys, go. Well, I, I think this is a good, a good Kumbaya moment to, to wrap things up with. So, uh, um, not a debate, kind of became sort of one, but I, I really had a blast. Um, mostly listening to, to you guys uh, talk about this <laughs> stuff, but uh, you know, I'm one of those people. As with all this stuff, that you know, well, not every debate, <laughs> the the you know the early debates, the Craig, the Flower debates. I'll be honest, I was pretty much on Dave's side at the end of the day. I can reveal my bias like a year later now. Uh, but a lot of this stuff, like when Dave comes on debates, though, or debating you, like I truly, I want everyone to be right in, in a way. Like I, I, I just want to see. I want to see more freedom for everybody, and I and myself as well. And 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 at any way we can convince people to do that, or get people to be acting in their own self interest and in the interest of others, and increasing all of our freedom and wealth. I'm all for it. So I, I like to have these conversations and host these conversations because I don't know the answers. I'm just some guy having a beer and, and talking to some dudes. But uh I'm glad you guys were, were able to come on and, and have this conversation because it's one I've wanted to have for a long time with you guys because, I mean, I think you guys are both two of my personal, honestly, Like, there's not a lot of podcasts that I listen to every episode of. But part of the problem... And uh, wealth, power, and influence. I'll put Pete in there too. Freeman, are the three podcasts I I hardly ever miss. And you are you are a couple of my biggest influences personally. Pete's, so. Pete's the man. By the
2: way, he fucking is the man. goddamn dude. For him, to, him getting that thing about China off on a Tim Pool show was so cool, man. Yeah, I've, I I just cool. loved that. Prop, shout out to
0: Pete Quinona's. Indeed. All right. Well, this, sp- this episode is sponsored by Free Man Beyond the Wall. Check it out, everybody. Uh, <laughs> thanks, to you guys. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Keep up the great work and keep on roaring. <laughs> all right, kitty cats. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jason Stapleton and Dave Smith, two guys that I consider personal friends, influences, all of that. And I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I had a blast. We had a blast. And while they definitely have opposing views or different views, I guess you should say, strategically, uh, I really appreciate both of their perspectives and hope you guys do as well. Speaking of different perspectives, boy, oh boy, do you get a different perspective every single Wednesday when Brian McWilliams slaps you upside the head with his acerbic brand of comedy, culture, and liberty? Each and every Wednesday, with his unique blend of comedy, culture, and liberty on Electric Liberty Land, while John Odie Odermat wraps things up on Thursdays with his weekly journey into helping others and hearing stories of those who have already found some more freedom in their lives on Finding Freedom. You get all three of these shows for the price of one. That price, my friends, it's free. Just got to slap the heck out of that subscribe button on that Lions Liberty feed so you don't miss a thing. And if that's not enough for you, we got so much more amazing content over on our Patreon as well as on our Locals page. We are also on Locals now. For those of you that are not a fan of Patreon, I know there are some of you. So head over to lionsofliberty.locals.com or patreon.com slash lionsofliberty. Either of those methods will grant you access to our exclusive bonus audio and video content, including live streams of many of my episodes, as I did this one live with Jason and Dave exclusively for our supporters. So stop being poor <laughs> and scrape up that five bucks a month to support the greatest Liberty variety show on earth right here at Lions of Liberty. Until next time, my friends. Live love! and live free.